Hello and welcome to Lester the Nightfly. This is your host, PJ Ewing. This is part two of a two-part series with my guest, Scott Lask. We have a little bit more about Zeppelin, and then we move on to some other great guitar work from a variety of other artists. Really happy you're here to listen to this. It's a real piece of insight, I would call it, into the world of classic rock and roll from the 70s. We do have one more original track from Scott, so... Glad you're here. Let's get going with part two of our rock and roll guitar episodes with Scott Lask. Heartbreaker from Led Zeppelin. It's one of your four tracks from this great band. How did you pick this one from all the others? When you can play a really intense guitar solo, but one that makes people's jaws drops or their eyes pop out and go, whoa, that was great. Okay, like, I can't believe I just heard that. That's heartbreaking. Because when, when Jimmy Page wrote those leads, the continuing melody through the song, okay, is really a baseline riff, which is just classic rock. And it's, it's, it's heavy, it's got energy, it moves you, you know, it takes you someplace. But that guitar solo... He's doing everything that every guitarist want to be dreams of doing, you know, to a swooning audience. And to many, look, Hendrix was absolutely off the scale, probably the best guitarist that ever was in that day. Be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman, there, drink my wine. Come and dig my earth. None will let But Jimmy Page really invented the rock guitarist God, because not only did he put on the, the theatrical show with his movements and gestures and, and how he engaged the audience, he backed it up with like unbelievable leads and heartbreaker was just like, there was no one out there doing anything even close. And as a matter of fact, 
And I don't know if I got the story 100%. I know that Eddie Van Halen really studied Jimmy Page a lot. And to give you an idea, Jimmy Page, when he was told about Eddie Van Halen's passing, said he was truly one of the great guitar virtuosos of our lifetime. Now, that's a hell of a compliment from a guy that pretty much reinvented the whole identity of the rock guitarist. But he was doing things in Heartbreaker that no one had ever done. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I remember hearing that Eddie Van Halen learned from that. Okay. He saw what Paige was doing in that one inflection in the beginning. Okay. And that's where Eddie just figured out he was going to come up with tapping. is his signature and whoa whoa when you learn how to tap a little bit you get you get giddy because it's like you're playing you know two guitarists are playing on the same neck i'll describe it with your picking or strumming your playing hand where you're hitting the notes and you're moving around the, the guitar neck fretboard so if i was doing just a normal what they call a pull off where i'm Going to try to hit three notes. You go. What Eddie did with tapping was he added a fourth note. So. Basically, what you're doing is you're adding a second hand to the actual note picking. You're literally tapping down on the fretboard to enunciate the note. But with your, you know, your normal guitar playing hand, you're doing doubles or triplets. And so triplets suddenly become quadruplets, can become quintuplets. Okay. And that's what Eddie Van Halen took away from what what Paige was doing in the opening segment of the, uh, the total guitar solo in the middle of the song of Heartbreaker. No one had done anything like that, anything like that before. Wow. So let's listen to Heartbreaker from Led Zeppelin. Thanks to our friend, Scott Lask.
That was Heartbreaker, Led Zeppelin. Scott, thanks for that one. But we're moving on, and I appreciate the reverence for all of these tracks. We've heard your own work. We've heard Led Zeppelin up to this point. We've got one more Led Zeppelin track, and then we're going to move on to some other acts, as they said, other bands. But we're heading into some pretty rarefied air, I would say, right now. The track is called Cashmere. I have revered this all my life. It is uh, an important song. In fact, I envisioned when I was in college pairing this up with another track, and I don't think you know this. It's called How Soon Is Now by the band called The Smiths, uh, another great guitarist of another generation called Johnny Mm -hmm. Marr. And I always imagined that How Soon Is Now and Cashmere would be great companions on a cassette tape, both sides, forever like literally all i need in the for the rest of my life is cashmere then how soon is now then cashmere
But having listened to Kashmir in preparation for this show, Kashmir wins. Kashmir gives you chills. Kashmir is a showcase for the drum and the genius of those rhythms. It, it builds with excitement. It, it's got, I don't know of a song that I've ever heard anywhere ever that is in the same vein as Kashmir. It may be that the lyrics uh, strike such imagination. Uh, they're so exotic. They, they paint such a picture. It's certainly part of I believe Robert Plant was the writer of, of the lyrics, the melody and the relentlessness, the, the, the drive, the, the building of those notes, the, the or orchestral violin sound. It is, there's nothing like this song, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I, I, thanks for selecting it. W why did you pick it? <laughs> well, again, it seems that they entered an entirely new time warp when they did this. Um, Many bands had some mystical entries into their work. Certainly, we had uh, influences from India. You know, you had Ravi Shankar and, you know, but you, you heard some of it in, in some of the folk music. But up to that point, no one had really taken a song that, at least for me, maybe at one point feel like I was sitting with like a council of Dalai Lamas, you know, on the top of a mountain in somewhere in Nepal, practically touching God. And, but it had a heavy semi psychedelic hard rock, you know, energy to it in, in, Researching the song myself as, as I was learning to play it, again, it was Jimmy Page finding new universes by adjusting tunings on the guitar. And they were heavily influenced by their trips to Morocco in particular. They had actually talked about the need to go to that area of the world and try to, you know, tap into their musical genre. Um, and and they, they did that about a year before they actually sat down to put all the pieces of Kashmir together. Yeah, and it's got the imagery of their journeys in that part of the world. Yeah, I mean, think about the opening lines. Oh, let the sun beat down upon my face. Uh, you know, um, and stars, stars fill, caress my, fill my fill eyes, my dream, fill my dreams. Okay. I, um, I got him right in front of me. I'm yeah, a traveler of both, of both time, time and space. space to be where I've never been. Right. You know, uh, to sit with elders and wait, you know, I just, the imagery, you know, it's, it's like, it's like you're waiting because you think at the end of the song, you know, the Messiah will appear and the Holy Grail will be, you know, mm -hmm. it's got that feeling, right? I mean, it, this, it is definitely yeah. a, a, to me and, and and PJ, you know, we've been friends long enough to know, you know, while I, I do believe I didn't get here by accident, you know, I'm, I, I'm not one of those that, you know, if I if I don't make it to services that I'm going to, you know, I, I, I won't be able to live. But you, you almost feel like the song is a religious experience. Absolutely. I was mistakenly imagining drug-induced 
journeys to India for decades until I actually read the lyrics and read about this song recently because of this show. So I, I was on a whole other path with what this song was about. And uh, I now see it as really uh, a, a transcendent experience, uh, a, a, a high point, uh, a place of, of, again, rarefied air. Mm -hmm. Let's hear the, let me read the lyrics and let's go and listen to this thing. The, the first stanza, oh, let the sun beat down upon my face and stars fill my dream. I'm a traveler of both time and space to be where I have been, to sit with elders of the gentle race. Right. This world has seldom seen. They talk of days for which they sit and wait. All will be revealed. I mean, there's so much hope just in that opening. It's mm -hmm. like... You, you, you almost feel like, okay, there's a little turbulence, you know, it's like that, not, not to sound goofy, but like, you know, in, in the first Star Wars, when, when um, Obi-Wan says there's a disturbance in the force. Um, and then that final line that all will be revealed is like, yes, okay, please tell us, you know, uh, it's, anyone, anyone who listens to it, I highly recommend that before you listen to it, go into a very dark, quiet room and just, you know, breathe and slow your pace down and clear your mind first, you know, do a drop of meditation. So, and then the music will be there, but really try to listen, not only to the words that Robert Plant is singing, but his tonality and his um, inflection and, and where he, He's putting emphasis. Um, I found it to be really, I hate to sound like uh, a cliche, but it was definitely a transcendental. Transcendental. Cliche. That's absolutely. The word. Absolutely. Okay. Up next, the song in its entirety, Cashmere from Led Zeppelin, the record physical graffiti, here on Lester the Nightfly.
Lester the Nightfly is made in conjunction with WPVM-FM 103.7 in Asheville, North Carolina. Our show is produced at PJDJ Studios in Lower Manhattan, New York City. And Scott, I just want to remind everybody that if you didn't get into a dark room and you couldn't put your headphones on and you didn't treat this song with the reverence that Scott and I are encouraging you to have, <laughs> you can do it again by going to LesterTheNightfly.com and you can uh, listen to this whole show again and get into that dark space and close your eyes and focus on those lyrics and Jimmy Page's brilliance because it's certainly one of those things worth listening to over and over and over again. Thanks, Scott. That's a, a real treat to be able to share. And That's I would recommend, um, I'm going to include all kinds of video and other assets and other resources. There's some great articles. Uh, there's a whole movie that you can watch about Led Zeppelin. There's a lot of of content that you can also find at, at LesterTheNightfly.com on the blog uh, that we're uh, going to create for this. And can, and can I just urge your listeners, if you haven't seen the movie, the song remains the same. Um, you should do it for a couple of reasons. One, because if you if you even like a little bit of Led Zeppelin, you'll see why they were considered the greatest rock band of all time. Because the show that they put on is just beyond. I, I you can't even describe it. I mean, they just come out there with attitude, with with a, a happy energy. And Jimmy Page is really, I mean, he's going to say to you with his gestures and his theatrics, I'm going to show you how the guitar is played and you're going to really enjoy it. And you do. And you do. Yeah. And you do. And then they also take you behind the scenes and stuff. And there's also some scenes of them like landing at the airport. And you got to remember, this is 1973. So it's just a guess to see what the cars were like back in those days, you know, I mean, it's just like, Scott, like, no, it's, wait a minute. No, no. Stop beating around the bush. Stop. Stop. Scott. What? You, you are, you're saying all this clever. Oh, it's It's a great historical thing. You're, you're telling us to watch it because you're in it. Uh, no, I wasn't. Come, but yes. yes. No, come but on. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I didn't know it until friends who were at the concert with me when they do song remains the same when they come out of the opening stanzas and they go into uh, where Robert Plant sings. The shot is behind Jimmy Page. And if you look closely, just off the top of the guitar neck where the, um, the keys are for tuning, you'll see an afro. And that was me. And I've had so many of my high school friends, because when I saw, when, when my friend Vic, who was literally sitting next to me, said, that's us. I go, no, it's not. He goes, we were there. I go, I know we were there. But there were plenty of people there with Afros. He goes, no, that was us. And about 30 of our high school friends all looked at it. And it seems to be me. So. And uh, if you were a parent in the 70s and you had a daughter who, you know, you were looking at. She would after. never have been allowed to watch. You would that. never have let her. Never have let her. Robert long, Plant. Long hairs Robert like that. <laughs> Robert no Plant way. comes out. And there's a reason why the man was called the golden god. Okay. He had this unbelievably beautiful head of hair. Okay. 
he was a handsome dude, still is a handsome dude, okay? And he's just wearing his open shirt, okay? If his pants were any lower, okay, <laughs> uh, you know, there would have been censors all over the place. And you know, just, just look at the show for yourself. It just exudes too much sexuality. He is a tour de force, work of art, all that stuff. And that is, there are, I mentioned that song by the Smiths, but if you were to go to other pieces in the world of music, those that are repetitive, those that drill and drill and drill, the classical music piece that comes to mind is Bolero by Maurice Ravel. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yes. Jeff Beck did a version of it. Oh, did he?
Okay, moving on. Uh, the problem is, Scott, is that Blackbird by Paul McCartney is also so lofty, so important in the history of music and popular music. And I guess we can call it rock and roll, although it doesn't mm-hmm. really kind of feel like that. Uh, that it, there's, a, there's a giant conversation. And let me just begin, and then I want to hear your thoughts, why you chose it, et cetera. It is one of the most recorded songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Hundreds, hundreds of people have bands have recorded Blackbird and the list goes on and on. And I'll just tell you a short story. And that is that I recalled somewhere, somehow, uh, a soulful, I'm sure, African-American female singer singing Blackbird. And it was on the end of a cassette tape. And this is probably 15 years ago, maybe more, 15, 20 years ago. And I, re- I recalled it later. I recalled it in 2017. So what did I do? I went, it was 10 p.m. I went to my Spotify. Five hours later, having heard 170 versions of Blackbird, I still didn't find it, and I finally went to sleep. And I have yet to find that wow. version. I, I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. I was there, you headphones, everyone's sleeping in the household. I am listening to version after version after ver- They're all on Spotify, or at least, I don't know, hundreds of you them. You thought they were. I thought they were, and I, I've yet to find that version. I probably will never even recognize it at this point. I'm so messed up by listening to every version. But I, <laughs> I, I mean, but I, honestly, I heard so many phenomenal versions by so many just beautiful artists. The one, Scott, that is most revered is the one from Brad Meldow. It's just a piano version. I saw him do, do this live. Mm-hmm. The cast of Glee does an amazing version of this. Uh, there's, but, but I'll tell you, the one that I think you would appreciate the most is by a band called The Doves. Okay. Do you know The Doves by no. any chance? Ring a bell? No. Okay. They do a version that is worthy of you, Mr. Rock and Roll guitarist, uh, that you should hear. In fact, you know what? Let's listen to a piece of it right now. Sure. That bird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You were only waiting for this moment to ride That bird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see The guitar accompaniment for this song was inspired by Bach's bourre in E minor for lute. Bach's bourre in E minor for oh, wow. lute. It is very short. It's a couple a minute and a half long. This is often played on classical guitar, an instrument Paul McCartney and George Harrison had tried to learn when they were kids. And McCartney back in 2008 said that this song he and George tried to learn. They learned a little bit of it. They never quite got it. But that was 
the inspiration and what he was actually going for, what he was referencing in writing this song. And then the last thing I'll say, I promise you, and then it's all yours, my friend. The bird ain't a bird. A bird's a girl. This is about African-American girls and flying. This is not about birds at all. They added the sound of birds like years later or whatever. I was just intrigued by the melody of the chords and I wanted to learn how to do it. And uh, luckily for me, since I started musically as a bass player, which means um, I wasn't really using a pick. I was using the fingers, the five fingers on my right hand to, you know, hit the notes and finger picking is such a dynamic uh, element. If you really want to play guitar, because it, 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 I mean, rockers use it, jazz musicians use it, clearly folk guitarists use it. Um, and his finger picking and his chord progressions just beautiful. Let's listen to it. Uh, through the lens of Scott's finger picking. Uh, this is Paul McCartney, the original, I think, remastered version of Blackbird here on Lester the Nightfly. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. We're only waiting for this moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life You are only waiting for this moment to be free Blackbird fly, blackbird fly, into the line of a dark black Follow Blackbird. I, I mean, you know, what? It's got to be great. It's got to be signature. It's got to be a special artist, a special song. Oh, oh, how about a song by Scott Lask? Uh oh. That's what I'm thinking. Now I'm blushing. You should be. 
let's just listen to it. And then I want you to tell us what was going on with you in writing this beautiful piece. Let's listen to Let's Get It Started from Scott Lask here on Lester the Nightfly. right now to one of these bold and innovative radio stations. KFOI 90.8 FM in Modesto, California. KUGS 89.3 FM, Bellingham, Washington. We've had three songs from you. That was the last. Life was the first. Rockin', Rockaway Rockin'. Mm-hmm. And then Let's Get It Started. These are world premieres, aren't they, Scott? Well, you know. On the radio, right? They haven't been played on the radio. Well, well, well they, oh, yeah. I, right? Yeah, I, I guess. No, no, no. 
the only people that have actually heard it are just some of my close friends. Yeah. Family. Thank you. Okay. So, all right. Well, hey, for, thank you. Thank Lester you the Nightfly. Uh, we have world premiere work here. This is, you know, let's not, let's not, let's take full I credit. It. Full credit. While my guitar gently weeps from the Beatles, of all the songs in all the saloons, how did you let this one walk into you? In? I mean, how'd you, how'd you get here? I have a love for minor chords. I think they take us to an emotional place that um, it's liberating, it's soul-searching, it's sad, it's reflective. It, 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 every time I've ever composed anything or played songs that have minor chords, um, I usually come out of the experience with a sense of gratitude. Um, even if the song put me through like, you know, the willies where all the bad things were happening, you know, like it was suddenly the, the walking dead, the real world, the, the real game, you know, the home game. And um, it's just a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not much of a singer, but if I stay within this range, um, when we, when we play with our friends, you know, I'm part of the, you know, the three harmonies and it's it just, it feels so good to play. And, mm. you know, it's just, it is kind of a sad song and, mm. um, you know, but it, it's, it's, it's almost as if he's talking to someone saying, how did you let this happen? How did you, you know, and I'm going to try to save you. Mm. Let's listen to While My Guitar Gently Weeps from the Beatles here on Lester, The Nightfly.
Thank you, Scott, for for joining me on Lester the Nightfly. It's really been a pleasure having you here, man. It's a lot of fun, and I really am very grateful to you and your audience for having me. This has been a PJ DJ production. 